0: this is global bible study a world christianity project connecting you to the word and to the world of god hello in this episode mariana leite an education graduate and a theology student at brazil adventist university is my co-host
1: jesus sees all men and women as people he can win for his kingdom Jesus looks at each person with the eyes of love. Jesus sees us the way God meant us to be. Jesus sees everyone with the loving eyes of a Savior. And to discuss seeing people the way that Jesus sees them, we welcome Dr. Glenn Russell. Born to a missionary family in Egypt, and growing up in Lebanon, he teaches in the School of Religion at Andrews University, USA. Pastor Marcelo Hayes, Having worked for two years in the Middle East, currently Marcelo is a graduate student and a religion teacher in Brazil. Christine Hansen from Norway, having lived and worked in different countries like England and Kenya, she is currently getting ready to be a math teacher in Sweden.
0: So we're glad that you are joining us for this third episode of Global Bible Study. Today we'll be talking about seeing people the way that Jesus sees them. and. Um, we're excited to have our guests for this discussion. And I want to begin with Dr. Russell asking him, what are the lessons that the story of Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26, teaches about how we should share Jesus with other people? What are some of the main aspects of this story?
2: Well, looking at Mark chapter eight here, I think there's a number of points that we can notice. First of all, in, in verse two, just to give a little more context, it says that that uh, Jesus saw that the crowd had nothing to eat and he called his disciples and he said, I have compassion on them. So I think the first thing about witnessing that we see here is that there has to be compassion in the heart, a passion for other people. And we see that's how Jesus saw people through his eyes. he saw saw people in need, he saw their needs, practical needs, spiritual needs, and he had compassion on them. And then this story here in, in Mark 8, chapter 22, where the blind man comes to Jesus, he is brought by friends. You know, it's interesting, there's about 25 miracles in the Gospels, and more than half of them, or about half of them, it's where someone else brings the person to Jesus. We always think, oh, you need to go by yourself. But sometimes you need friends friends who care friends who support you friends who intervene for you and uh, so they brought him to jesus and then the the healing is unique because it's two stages he puts the the clay or the mud uh, spits in the ground and then puts the clay in the mud on the man's eyes and he says do you see anything and the man says i see people like trees walking you know mm-hmm. so it's a partial healing And this must have been interesting because in those days there were some people who believed that uh, mud was kind of a home remedy, uh, a way to heal people. And it did something, but you don't want to go through life seeing people as trees, walking. And so it took a second touch from Jesus. And I think many times in our lives we need that second touch to really see people as they truly are. And. then he saw everything clearly, the passage says. So I guess the question for me and for all of us is, have we had Jesus touch our eyes the first time? And do we need a second touch to fully see people as men, women, children, young adults, all in the image of God? So Christine,
0: uh, when we look at the Christianity and we identify this collective dimension as a community, family, What uh, can we uh, learn about our role in uh, bringing people to Jesus? What do you think?
3: Okay, so an example for, um, since I live in Kenya, it's very different than Sweden, (laughs) I can say (laughs) that, definitely. (laughs) And it was, after getting to know the culture, it was very easy to talk to Kenyans about Jesus. Because religion is very—it's so normal there, in Sweden, it's not normal. <laughs> it's uh, very difficult to to like go straight into a conversation about Jesus. And I noticed, like, uh, I mean, I honestly, I I still think it's very difficult uh, to do that in Sweden or Norway. Um, but I think it's like. Yeah, It's important to remember um, who you're talking to and also when you see God's love, like when you feel God's love, you you also want to show that love to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, that's, I, I do that more in Sweden, like showing love. Yeah, just show, show God's love uh, it, through your actions and um, and sometimes like if you really want to talk about Jesus sometimes you just ask like sometimes I've asked friends like what do you believe uh, yeah. or like what do you think about this and sometimes that leads to talking about my faith mm. and other times I just learn something <laughs> about yeah. their faith
0: Now isn't that interesting? Was it part of your experience living in Europe and then in Kenya, in Africa that uh, the African society is much more uh, a collectivistic society where people were and and, uh, probably in Western Europe uh, you have more of an individualistic type of society and that changed your approach. I think that's what you're basically uh, referring to, yeah?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Marcelo, how was your experience in the Middle East in that sense? How, uh, what did you learn about this, the community and how uh, the spiritual values are practiced and shared in the community?
4: Yeah, it, it's, um, we, we, we can face a different experience there because Kurdistan is so international, you know, so we have this group of local people, they are so warm and welcome and then they they want to get acquainted with you and then start the friendship and always it's a party and they want to... To take you in and, in and, and some different places and and say how oh, this country is great and beautiful, so mm-hmm. it's a harm and a welcome feeling. And but also we, we met a, a different inter a nation nations. I mean, mm-hmm. a different foreigners in that country that you you see a, a, a little bit a little bit of. All countries in one person for for time. So um, we we saw that they were welcome as well, but in different ways. So you can realize, and time do, do have this moment, do have this feeling that they don't get acquainted with all nations, you know. Mm-hmm. So. We have a different Kurds, for example, that don't have the same feeling with the, their neighbors. So it's it's kind of you try to, to you need to know who who is the, the person you're treating about or you you getting acquainted. Then you need to realize what is is the context, and for sure, and as we can see in jesus if the, the samaritan woman uh, jesus accept her and then she he is just get acquainted with her don't matter what what is the nationality so it's not about the the location or or where you was born but in the the reality, the, the the behavior you you face the people around you. So it's a, a
2: very important point.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's oh, I think Pastor Glenn wants to speak, but his microphone
2: is muted. I'm just wondering if uh, if I could ask a question. I hear people say sometimes <coughs> everyone, <coughs> excuse me, everyone's the same. Mm-hmm. So why should we pay attention to the culture of the country if we're all the same? Did Jesus treat any group differently or was it all just the same?
4: I believe that we can realize for the the behavior of Jesus, they treat all people with love, so it's make the the love of the univers the diversity. So he, he care about the diversity. He look for he he just enjoying his group, not about ethnically but social difference. I mean, you have the, he talk with the the students, the scholars. The you have him talk with the the poor the, the prostitutes the the fishers so he he looked for all the diversity and treat all of them in the specific context with love so the love i think is the answer for the the treat of jesus and to to see people through jesus eyes through mm-hmm.
1: That's beautiful. And our our study guide also brings a quote from Ellen White that says, Those people who have Jesus Spirit will look at everyone with eyes of love. And this love comes from God and i think that's exactly what marcelo said that we do consider the differences as jesus did he did not speak the same way when he was speaking sometimes to a pharisee or to a, a woman a simple woman or to a child he would do that differently from people from different places in different age groups and different social places but he would also speak with the same universal language of love and i think that's what we're called to do also and If we do that, if we follow his example in that, they will be able to see his love through us because that's what the gospel is all about. And also the study guide brings a very interesting example of Andrew's experience when he starts witnessing to his own family. Um, And Christine, I would like to ask you, what do you think about where do we start? Do you think we can start right where we are with the people around us, what can be the great opportunities about that, and what can
3: be some challenges. Okay, so my family—they are not Christians. Um, so I have I have some experience with that. Um, and again, like in in Sweden and Norway, um, it takes very long to become f- friends with people. Like, um, I think first you need to like get to know them before you can start sharing these things uh, about faith and and i have talked a little bit with my family for example and which uh, has not been so easy um some challenges i have had is that well first of all religion is not something that is kind of accepted here um it can be very difficult to talk about. Um, So then again, I I try to show my love for them through my actions, Um, but I think in my context, some challenges is really just talking about religion in general. Um, It can be very difficult. Um, Yeah. Did I answer your question, Manima? Yeah.
0: Thank you, Christine, for sharing uh, even your own perspective and uh, the challenges from your own context. I think this is one of the advantages of uh, this type of discussion with people from different parts of the world. Uh, Maybe in South America, you know, we just take it for granted that you can approach anybody and uh, just begin talking about God out of the blue, you know. And for different parts of the world, you have different uh, 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 contexts, and uh, this is this is very interesting, <laughs> Pastor Russell. It seems that there is a a pattern in the sense that Jesus approaches different people, taking to consideration their histories and their experiences in life and uh, the context where they live their cultures and then at the same time he is always showing love and seeing them in a different way than um, the way we usually probably see people or something that we have to develop in in our own lives and this is probably harder uh, with the people close closest to us uh, maybe because they know us way too well is that how do you see this dynamic playing out
2: yeah I think that's exactly right Uh, you know we always think of witnessing as the people that are way out there but I think sometimes it's those that are close to us that are the most challenging perhaps we could look for a moment at even Jesus' disciples, you know. Yes. We see a post-resurrection view of the disciples. They were loving and kind and dynamic and preaching and converted, but that's not how they came. And, you know, if we could look for just a moment at, at how he dealt with the sons of thunder, you know, James and John you don't get the nickname sons of thunder if you're passive you know (laughs) and these guys were rowdy they were they were aggressive they were assertive and you know sometimes there's difficult people even in the church and sometimes there's difficult people even in our families Mm -hmm. and when i see jesus patience with them as he keeps leading them and teaching them a little bit more a little bit more you know you have the time when They're going in Luke chapter 9 and uh, Jesus is going through the Samaritan territory and he sends messengers ahead and says, prepare a place for me. You know, they didn't have hotels and restaurants and all the rest. So they're arranging for his trip and the Samaritans reject him. The very one who, who talked with the Samaritan woman in John 4. And now Jesus is not welcomed and james and john come back and you know they're good converted church members they say should we bring fire down upon them you know and sometimes i i notice in sometimes within the church we have friends or even within our families who have kind of an aggressive attitude about somebody who doesn't believe or somebody who doesn't accept Jesus, we can, we can go after them. But in fact, Jesus, you know, he could have turned to him and said, look, if we need fire, I can do that, you know, but they were like, "Shall we do this. They, they took around upon themselves. And yet, by the time Jesus is done ministering to them and, and living his love that that uh, Christine talked about, living that practical love for family and friends, they become the loving disciples. They, they die for others. They die for Jesus. It's an amazing transformation. And that encourages me because sometimes I can love the people in the whole world easier than love the people in my family or the people in the church.
0: Yeah. That's true, and uh, I think we all share that kind of feeling uh, here uh, because we have been to many places around the world. We value very much going to different cultures, different places to share and uh, witness of God's love. But we cannot uh, forget that uh, we have a responsibility that uh, starts right where we are. (laughs) Marcelo, we're uh, coming to the end. And the study guide says that God opens and closes the way for us to share our faith. God is busy opening doors in people's hearts. Uh, Then a quote from Ellen White says, no person has fallen so low into sin or is so bad that Jesus cannot save him or her. Um, How important it is then to follow the lead of this, the Holy Spirit that goes ahead of us
4: and opens the way for us to share excellent question it's um, it's sometimes when we spend the the work and, and missionaries fronts we we realize it because sometimes it's a war or it's because the political situation we are impelling you know, we, we cannot to to still working in our in our projects and something like that now we just face this Problem with the COVID, so uh, we, we can realize some doors are closed, but when you we. Pay attention in what the Bible says, and we realize these missions belong to God. We can realize the opportunities too. So I just remember this time that we I, I was uh, not allowed to work in Kurdistan because of the political situation. Then I just need to go to Lebanon, and God gave me the opportunities in Lebanon too. So I, I can work there and and see the the gospel working in other hearts. So we can face this then, Jesus is the owner of the mission. So uh, the Holy Spirit is working everywhere. So I don't need to be in some different place to preach the gospel, but I can preach the gospel where I am. Then I can reach different people because they are getting closer or they are seeing, oh, he's something different. He's, he's, he's some spiritual work because the Holy Spirit is work on me and in the, the the area or the people near me.
1: Uh, I believe the study guide finishes with this challenge for us to be loving and caring people, for us to actually show who Jesus was through our lives. And also bearing in mind that He goes ahead and He is the one doing the work. He's the one touching the hearts. What we have to do is to follow Him. Um, to end, does Pastor Glenn, do you want to say
2: I was just gonna mention that one of the prayers that I'm praying in my life is simply, Lord, lead me to someone today. I pray for a divine appointment each day. Now I pray for divine Zoom appointments sometimes, but today may I open my eyes to see as Jesus did the people around me and open opportunities. And I think that's what Christine was talking about earlier. Marcelo was talking about, we have to look at people the way Jesus did.
1: Amen. Uh, To end, we want to, we've been establishing a tradition of saying Happy Sabbath in different languages. So I want to invite you all to choose one or two languages (laughs) that you want for us to learn how to speak Happy Sabbath. So I'll begin from Brazil saying Feliz Sábado. And then Christine, do you want to teach us how to say Happy Sabbath in Norwegian, Swedish? Yeah, uh,
3: in Norwegian, Grosabbat. Marcelo?
4: Yeah, in in Iraq, we have an Arabic speaker church,
2: so it's uh, Sabat Said. Sabat Said, yeah, Habibi, Iowa. Okay. He he took what I knew. (laughs) You
1: were going to say Arabic too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. But also in Romania, Sabat Fericid.
1: Nice. (laughs) Okay, thank you everyone so much for joining and everyone listening. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.
0: On behalf of our producer Lucas Moreira and all of us, thanks for joining Global Bible Study. We highly recommend that you study this topic in depth with your study guide. Don't forget to follow and interact with us on social media, on Instagram at WorldChristianity. Until next time, be global!